You're listening to the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast, episode 81. I'm going to talk about church apps, and I'm not going to bash them because I have one and it works pretty well. Is this career suicide? Let's find out. Welcome to the Seminary of Hard Knocks, a podcast designed to help you master church communications and social media. These are practical solutions from the trenches that any church can use. Now, let's join your host, Seth Muse, because in 20 minutes, he's out of here. Hey, everybody, what's going on? I am super excited to come to you really quick for a short episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast. I want to answer this question because I know there's a lot of people out there who are influencers in this space that really hate apps, mobile apps. I'm not talking about like chips and queso because who can can deal with life without that? Honestly, always get chips and queso. That's a great app. But for church apps, I know there's a lot of people that really do hate them. And that's fine. That's fair. You know, because honestly, church apps aren't for everyone. And if you're a smaller church and you're thinking about an app, let me just say you probably could use the money elsewhere for, for the most part. But if you're a bigger church and you have the, the finances to be able to afford an app and do something really cool with it, then it could do some really interesting things for you that you can't do with a mobile website or that it just, it's an interesting way to do it other than the mobile website. Um, so I wanted to talk about some of those things for the app today, but full disclosure, we have an app at my church that I'm the communication director at. Um, when I first came on staff, I was kind of like, Hey, welcome to hope. Here's the first order of business is to, uh, get this app going. And we had had one before, so we were kind of updating this one. And so, um, right away I knew I was like, okay, this is something we're going to do. Let's do it really well. And so I want to kind of take you through the process of, um, of kind of how we, did that and and some of the success that we've actually seen with it because we have had success but again not everybody needs an app i mean we don't need any more star wars films we don't need them but man i'm really glad we keep getting them even though some of them are disappointing that's fine hey we get more star wars films that's pretty cool to me i'm a fan right so i think for an app it's kind of you got to kind of look at it the same way it's like we don't really need an app even if we're a big church we don't need one but what could we do with it if we had one? And so I want to take you through the steps that we went through that really have helped us clarify and win with our mobile app. Our mobile app is through Subsplash. I'm not doing any kind of plugs for them, but I'll just I'll just jump into it really quick for you. Uh, Subsplash is probably one of the cheaper app um, done for you kind of things that you can find out there. And they, they are pretty limiting and some of the things they can do, they keep saying they're going to upgrade and do all, give you more analytics, which I give you hardly any. That's really the drawback of Subsplash. There's hardly any analytics. That's why I didn't put any podcasts for our church in there. When we started launching podcasts, it has a great player. It has a great interface. It's so smooth and easy to play, but I couldn't tell you who's playing what. So why would I put that in there if I can't even see metrics? So anyway, that's one of the drawbacks to the app is you're limited by the the actual developers and what they're willing to give you when you use something like Subsplash. Now, if you custom make your own app, it's going to cost you uh, you know one of your fir- one of your firstborn, but it will do whatever you want it to do. Um, so that's kind of the disclaimer. But so let's jump into this because I think there's some really good stuff here.
All right, the first question that we had to ask, I, I came into this meeting with my team and we were trying to figure out how to make this app awesome. And I remember us kind of getting really frustrated with it because we kept saying we have to have this and we have to have that and we don't really want this in there. And we were just going back and forth. And finally, I don't remember who said it, but I remember the pause was in the room and said, who's this app for? And I was like, that's a great question. Let's go to the board. And so I went to this giant whiteboard and I wrote regular members who already like attendees that already come and guests. And I said, it's really between these two audiences. Honestly, is our app for a guest or is our app for a person that's already here? And we quickly looked at it and said, well, it's got to be for the people who are already here because a guest doesn't even have the app. So we'd have to ask the guest to download the app before we even could, could communicate with them through it or have them use it in any kind of form or fashion. And so when we started thinking, who's this app for? We clearly defined the audience. And because we'd already defined who that audience was of people that we you know have it helped us to create content for the app and know what needs to put in there what needs to go in there and so i would say only put content in your app that reaches your target audience where they are in this app and gives them some valuable things all right so you know it's it's not you can't think about like okay we'll put this great senior adult thing in this app Senior adults don't really download a lot of apps. So thinking about your content, you have to keep your target audience in mind. Who is this for? What age are they? What stage of life are they in? And is this going to be valuable? So who is the app for is the first real big question that you got to answer. The second one is, what is the goal of the app? Is it discipleship? Is it connection? Is it growth? Is it uh, just watching sermons. Uh, what is, what are you trying to do? Like, what's the main win? Somebody downloads your app and they do blank with it each week. How, what is the, what goes in the blank that makes you go, yay, we did it. What, what is it about the app? If you don't have a clear idea what you want to do with your app, then even though you've defined the audience, you're still kind of, you're aimless and your app is going to fail. So if you've got something, and this really applies to so many other things besides app, like websites, anything else, but I'll just in the context of the app, what do you want to do with your app? For us, we decided that since it's aimed at people who already go here and are probably already plugged in, they, I mean, even a visitor who's been here four weeks probably won't download the app. We, maybe they will, but we just kind of said, let's just assume that they're not going to. Somebody who's got to downloaded this app is going to be someone who is one, probably already really plugged in at hope and two, probably on some kind of desired track to grow. You know, they're going to, they, they, they're not going to download our church's app because we had a flashy ad for it and it seems fun. You know, they want to grow. There's no games in here. There's no fill in the blank. There's no words with friends, words with friends, man. That's an old one. I haven't heard of that one in a while. <laughs> Sorry, I just came to the top of my mind. So there's no games in this app. And uh, and, and so why would they download it in the first place? It's got to be valuable for them. This person already probably wants to grow spiritually. So we thought, what's the best way to get people to use this? So we build it as a companion to the weekend experience. So this is like enhance your weekend experience. with. So we started thinking of what happens in a service. Messages, music, um, you know, announcements. Things like that. So we started going, okay, the main purpose then of our app is going to be message notes. So we came, they have this thing called fill in notes. You can do fill in the blanks and it's a little complicated to use, but it's, but it's pretty good. 
And uh, we said, that's going to be the big, big deal. So right on the front homepage of our app is a folder or a little tab that you can tap that says, I'm here. And while that sounds really vague, it's one of the more genius ideas that we had, (laughs) because no matter what event you're at, whether it's a men's conference we're putting on, a women's conference, a Bible study, a student ministry night, no matter what, if you open the Hope app and you're here at something, you that's where we're going to put stuff for that event. Now, we really just do it for the weekend right now. We could do this for more uh, programs and stuff, and we do for like the men's conference that we put on. We'll do a men's conference folder in that I'm here folder. So they'll go to I'm here, and then they'll see the foundry. That's what we call ours. And they'll tap that folder in all the resources like blogs and podcasts we've linked to, freebies, surveys, all kinds of stuff we'll put in there for that com- for that conference because that's relative to me being here. So since I'm here, here's the folder for me, right? So we'll do that with our I'm here folder. We also put message notes in there. We have our connect card in there. We have um, a quick, um, I think we have a survey in there of some sort. We try to put a couple in there every once in a while. Um, Our decision card is in there. And then we also have this thing we pray for countries each week, different countries and different missionaries that we have out in the field. And so there's a link to a website really that looks like it's in the app, but um, that's just easier to update. Um, for the person who does it. And we link out to that. So there's a lot of prayer requests. You know, you can, t- you can turn in a prayer request through a form that's, that's in that app. So anyway, we use the I'm here folder for a lot of different things that have to do with you being right there in the moment doing something. And if we have something extra, we'll put it in. We also have a resources folder that's new, but that kind of, that's a secondary uh, goal that we are just adding on to the app recently about growth. Because right now, our focus our focus up to this point has been for the app to be a weekend companion. And now we're expanding it to a, a growth device for the weekend and beyond. So if through, the week, through the week, we're starting to put podcast links and other resources in our resources tab for kids ministry, student ministry, adults can find things in there. So that's a new little extra something. Obviously, we have giving links in the I'm Here folder. Forgot about that. Uh, a link to our live player if you want to watch it live and you're somewhere else and you can watch through our app, which is really a link to our live player on our website again. So yeah, there's some overlap, but having that convenient one stop for everything place with our app is actually working pretty well for us. So make sure you have your goals. It's a landing zone. It's not a billboard for like events and stuff. That's obviously part of it, but that's not the reason we have an app. People will find out information through calendars and other stuff, social media posts, the things we have out. Um, but they really don't use, at least I don't think they use cause we don't get good analytics sub splash. If you're listening, take note, but I uh, can't tell where everybody's clicking inside the app. That'd be really awesome. Anywho, that's one of the disadvantages of the app, to be honest. If you have a website or a mobile-friendly website, that's one of the advantages. You can see what people are doing, like where they're clicking, where they're going, and that really does help you with content. With an app, you're kind of just shooting in the dark a little bit. But uh, some of the other stats I'm going to share here in a second really do tell us that people are really using our app. So I have a feeling it's mostly for message notes and for media, because we do have, um, we have another folder that's our on-demand, which is just our we actually use Subsplash's uh, web embedded code on our website as our actual on-demand and live player, you know, page because it just looks so nice. And it's really easy to post. I don't have to do a whole new poster. We just update in the app and it goes to the website. It's really great. Um, it's limited because I can't, I can't edit that page at all. 
Uh, it's just whatever that embed code wants it to be. Cause I don't code and we don't have a web coder on our team. So again, limiting, but it's working for us. And until we get ready to expand, this is what we're going to do. So anyway, third thing you need to know, uh, I think third question you need to ask about apps before you get started is why should anybody care about it? And this kind of goes into the thing. Like if I'm putting content in my app, uh, it needs to be kind of exclusive. Why should I download this app? Oh, because there's stuff there I can only get in the app. Even if you link out to a web page, like I've said, I've done, I don't post those links anywhere on the website. You can't navigate to those pages through the website. The only way you really either can, can get to them is either you type in the URL because you know it or you find it through the app. So I'm using my website as a supplement to the app to give some, give me some of the things that I really want in an app, but I can't code because it's limited. But it's easier to do on an, through the app because it's a one-stop shop kind of deal. And so it's really working pretty well for us. We honestly love it. Uh, so why should anybody care? You got to keep things fresh. And this is hard about the app is because most churches really want to have just double content from the website to the app, or they want to set it and forget it. And you can't think about the app like that. You can't set it and forget it any more than you can do your website. If your website is set it and forget it, then your website's going to grow stale. That actually hurts your ranking on Google SEO stuff is if you don't have new content coming out or you're not changing something from time to time. That's why blogging and podcasting is really good. Uploading your sermons is really good for your SEO uh, because content really matters in today's Google economy a lot. Uh, so you got to have that content coming out. But why should anybody care about your app? Well, there's got to be something really great in it, and it's got to be the only place you can get that thing. Uh, we released a marriage podcast in our app. Now, it didn't go so well. Honestly, it would have been better just to release it on iTunes and say, go get it. People would have listened to it. More people would have connected with our church, and we're doing that for season two. But I wanted to see how would people interact. So we released it only in the app, and it, it got decent downloads uh, compared to what we normally do. Not great. But uh, still, it drove people to the app. You know, there's there's freebies in the app. There's things we do in the app. And if you don't uh, put stuff there that people want, then they're not going to go to it. And second to that, you know, tagging onto that, if you don't tell people about stuff in the app, they won't go to the app. And, you know, it's, it's amazing to me how many people are like, I can't get people to interact with us on Facebook. I can't get people to interact with our app. And I, my first question is, where do you tell them about it? And it's crickets, you know, like, oh my gosh. Okay. So in your announcements from the pulpit, you know, on a bulletin or whatever you use, tell people to go to your app. I mean, we have a front and center advertisement to download our app. That's in our footer of our website that goes on every page because I really want you to download the app and I want you to interact there. And that has worked for us. So apps really can uh, serve a really great purpose and, and supplement a lot of things that your website really can't do. Like your website is great on mobile, but there's no way to make it one. Well, there is, but most people don't know it. Uh, it's, it's really easy just to find it in a folder and tap the button and then everything is at your fingertips for your church. You have a kind of a church hub, which is really nice. Now you could save it as a, you know, save the website link from your browser as a shortcut on your desktop of your phone. Um, but most people don't do that. And they don't really know how to do that, uh, even though it's pretty simple. But the app, the app serves that purpose. It's like a, hey, if you want to interact with Hope Fellowship during the week, here's a Hope Fellowship app. Boom. Done. The one, another thing that's really tough is like finding it in the store. <laughs> it's really hard because of the way Subsplash and really Apple has uh, 
you know, listed apps is they're basically all one big lump and you have to find your church in it. Not, not awesome. But what we do is we use Subsplash's embed code to create a page that, that we link to on our website that takes you to all the different uh, stores for, you know, to find our app in the different platforms for Android or for iPhone. And that tends to work pretty well. We also send it out to all our people on our email list. and That helps a lot. So all that to say, apps really aren't that bad, but how churches use them is. Churches tend to use apps poorly. They want to double content. They want to set it and forget it. They want to just leave things um, out there to kind of do their own thing. And if you're going to have an app and you're going to spend all that money on it, you need to pay attention to it and really work hard at making it successful. Could I do what I do on a mobile website that I do in a, currently in an app? Most of it, yes. Most of it, I could. Uh, so why have an app? Why spend that money? Because I don't know, it works for us and it's cool. <laughs> you know, it's what I was handed and it seems to be working. Um, people like the, I, the function of an app now where you're at and your congregation and how they're wired. I have a very mobile friendly tech savvy, uh, younger kind of 35 to 45 crowd that come to my church and we're in a very affluent part of the country. Frisco is second largest, second fastest growing city in America. And McKinney is, I think, third or in the top five at least. And that's where our campuses are. I mean, we there are people that are moving here that are in the tech field. You know, they're, they're, they're going to use apps. They're going to use the website. So I'm, I'm kind of at an advantage when it comes to that. But in your context, an app may make absolutely no sense. So I, I know that's a controversial topic for some people, but feel free to disagree with me in comments or in the show notes and uh, join my Facebook group and you can tell me how dumb I am. That's fine. I hear it every day, but I want to give you some stats really quick on our app before I get out of here. Um, since launching um, almost, oh, it's about a year and a half, maybe two years ago. Uh, how long have I been at Hope? No, it's about a year and a half. So about a year and a half, we actually launched the app, maybe less. Might even be a year. Anyway, not important. Uh, since then, um, our media, that's all of our sermons and stuff, have had 28,000 plays. We've had uh, 19,000, sorry, 199,000 app launches. 199,000 app launches. Like somebody opens our app on their phone. And downloads, we've got 13,775 total downloads. So um, that's an average of like 350 plays or so per sermon. Like I said, we have 8,000 people, but 13,000 downloads. So a couple of people have it downloaded, a couple, you know, maybe they downloaded it, deleted it, they downloaded it again, who knows, I don't know. But um, we use our app and our people use our app a lot. And the stats kind of prove that. Now, Again, I don't have much else but those stats, so I really don't know how they're using it, which please subsplash, please, if, if anyone's listening, do better. That would be great. Just do better with this. But the numbers are really, really positive for us, so we are going to continue using our app until we see that it's not profitable for us anymore. And by profitable, I mean helpful and useful and uh, successful um, towards our goals. So anyway, that is, uh, that's our little spiel on our app. So I, I think they're good. I think they can be used good, really well. I think they can be helpful and successful. Uh, but I think that's, that's not going to probably be most people's experience. If you're going to try an app, 
find a cheap source, find some people that have done it and talk to them about what they do with their app and make sure that you're asking those three questions about your app. Who is it for? What are my goals? And why should anybody care? And if you can answer those questions pretty well, then go ahead, get yourself an app and rock that stuff because it's going to be really fun. But if not, spend your money elsewhere, put it in a good website, make sure your Google ads and your your location, your Google Maps stuff is up to date. Make sure that people can find you. And if you're living living in in a place where um, you know, stuff like apps aren't really a thing. People have like their one or two apps and they are still using flip phones or whatever. Then don't do this. But if you've got some money and you're able to do it, you can actually do some pretty cool stuff. It's a great media delivery device straight into somebody's hands. And I didn't even talk about the notifications that we, we don't do a ton of, but when I want to remind somebody of it, I can, I can send a message to everyone with that app and it goes right into their phone. So it's pretty pretty killer in that that sense uh, which we have done several times it's helped our signups quite a bit I'm, gonna, I'm about to send another one for Easter to remind people to sign up for Easter that will be a link to uh, um, the actual form our RSVP site actually in the uh, in the app and when I do that like I did last year our RSVPs for our services they go up astronomically pretty quick so it is a, it, it does have its advantages Thanks for listening, you guys. I appreciate it. It was a little short episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Next week, I'll be back with uh, Megan Ranson, and I'm pumped about that. It's one of the most fun interviews I've had in a long time, and I can't wait for you to hear it. So thanks for listening. I'll see you next time. Hey, guys, before I get out of here, I want to direct your attention to the show notes, sethmuse.com slash 81. And in there, you're going to find a link to that church conference. It is a it is a conference for church communicators who do social media, websites, design, anything that has to do with branding, marketing, etc. It is a great digital marketing conference where you network with all kinds of people that really know their stuff. I'm actually going to speak this year, so I would love to see you and meet you if you're part of this community with me in the Seminary of Hard Knocks. Go click that link, sign up uh, before prices start getting out of hand for that thing. It's pretty cheap. I I joke. It's never out of hand, but it's pretty cheap conference for what you get. It's in Atlanta and it's, it's an incredible way uh, to meet other people and and just sharpen your skills. I know that some of the speakers this year are going to bring some incredible practical wisdom for church communicators. And I would hate for you to miss it. So don't wait. Go to the show notes, sethmuse.com slash 81 and get that now. This episode of the Seminary of Hard Knocks podcast is brought to you by books. They're like blogs, but heavier. 